following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Jensen downhill on Fowler. Stop, rebound, loose. Score! Ethan Bear. As we get to the McNugget minute of the third, Tom Wilson to the empty cage. Bang! Another McNugget minute tally and a 2-0 lead. And another close shave for the Caps that ends up with a W. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Matthews. Delighted that you are with us. Coming up in the second half of the show, we'll switch gears, head out to Ashburn for a talk with the big man, Mitch Tischler. Monumental Sports. He will get his impressions of how the Adam Peters press conference went yesterday as Peters was introduced to the media as the new general manager of the Washington Commanders. But first, we gotta hit the ice. Somebody cue the intro for me. So Tuesday night, the Caps get themselves a 2 nothing win over the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So great that they won the game. It was one of those that you've gotta win. Not literally gotta win, but should win. And if you're going to be in contention for a wild card or any kind of a playoff spot for that matter, you need to win. Uh, the Ducks came in last night 15-27-1, and, and so, you know, there you have it. It's just one of those games at home that you got to take care of business, which the Caps did. But 2 to nothing against, again, one of the weaker teams in the league. I mean, they've given up 150 goals, the Ducks had. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more offense. The Caps got their shots. It just seemed like, you know, they couldn't put one into the net. And that's been a constant refrain this year. I mean, if you look at if you look at, at the Caps scoring this year, they have scored just, what, 101 goals, I think it is, so far this year. Yeah. 101 goals. Um, that's not good. And if you want to know exactly how bad it is, um, there is no one else in um, the Eastern Conference uh, that's worse than that. And, and I mean by a wide, wide margin. The Caps are 10th in scoring, and they've got a goal differential of minus 24 this year. In fact, um, they're third worst in the league. The Blackhawks and the Sharks are the only other teams that have scored fewer goals than the Caps. Now, fortunately, their goaltending has been really, really good this year. And it was Darcy Kemper that was in net last night against Anaheim, and he stopped everything that was put his way. He was a brick wall. So it's on for a uh, home-and-home series with the St. Louis Blues. Blues will come in 
Thursday night, and then they will go to St. Louis to kick off a road trip on Saturday. Take you into the locker room. Um, let's talk with the guy that got what was essentially the only goal they would need. Tom Wilson had an empty netter, but it was Ethan Bear uh, that put the Caps ahead and got what was basically the game-winning goal. And for a guy that's been on the shelf for quite a while now, rehabbing from an injury, he was like, hey, feels damn good to get that one. No, it feels really good. Um, yeah, kind of you forget how that feeling feels. And it's definitely um, you know, nice to get that out of the way, and now I can just you know, have fun and not think about it. What did you see on that play as it came together? Honestly, just just playing hockey, kind of have fun. You know, it's four on four. There's a lot of ice. Um, yeah, I just remember dropping the puck to, to Jens and seeing him attacking. So I figured, you know, I might as well try to get my way to the net and um, kind of had a fortunate bounce. and it went off ocean. Yeah, I just you know, tried, tried my best to bury it and, and it went in. So it was good. And you hope that Bear has started around into shape now. Last uh, night was his ninth game since uh, coming off of the injury list with the Caps. So you hope he's working his way back into shape. Remember, he was he had been out since June after uh, recovering from shoulder surgery. So you like to think that he's coming around. You like to think think that Max Pacioretty is coming around. Um, and you like to think that I've seen some really good stuff in the T.J. Oshie line since Oshie came back. So hopefully the Caps are starting to round into shape scoring-wise. But you have to worry because this is a problem that's been lingering for about a year and a half Maybe last year was an aberration. Again, you look at the overall success of this franchise over the last 40 years, yeah, you give it the benefit of the doubt, fortunately. But it's getting to the point where the goals got to start coming, and they got to start coming soon. Yeah, I mean, every day you're just trying to build and build, and you know what, like, you know, last game didn't really feel that great. Um, today it felt like everything was a little bit more clear even before the goal, so... Um, you know, you just kind of take it day by day. You know, don't don't get too stressed. Don't get ahead of yourself. Just be patient and, and just kind of work. And it's it's the, yeah. You know, it takes time. So, yeah, it takes time. But at at the same time, we are just we are halfway through the season right now, and it's you gotta wonder. You know, how much longer can the good defense and the goaltending hold out? I mean, it's a scoring league now. Now, um, at least. The blue line, you know, has that mentality of it really has to raise its game. We talked to Nick Jensen after the game, and he said that that could be, you know, this could be what it is this year. And if so, if they're going to have to win with defense, Jensen thinks they can. Yeah, guys, I think that's been a um, key thing for our team all year. Is guys are selling out, trying to do anything to keep the puck out, and then playing hard defense. So it's it's nothing new. Um, so definitely in this game, we were kind of. Getting a little bored offensively, you could tell like some we were trying to stick with what we were doing, but it, nothing was going in past that first goal. So we, uh, you know, mentally tried to stay in it, um, and they put a push on there in the third. So uh, it was it was good def- defense. They, you know, tipped tip the hat to them because they they came at us there a little bit in the third, um, but we we stuck with it. So it was good good to see. Definitely good to see. Now we'll see what happens on Thursday night as the Blues come to town. Take a quick break. When we come back, the big man, Mitch Tischler of Monumental Sports, joins us. We talk about Adam Peters' first day in Ashburn as the general manager of the Washington Commanders. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. 
We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. And the number of things DraftKings gets you to bet on, well, it's almost infinite. Uh, you you want to you wanted get some action on the Caps and the Blues this uh, Thursday, this coming week? You can get over-under, you can get the money line, you can get, you know, you can do a parlay. You know, will Ovi be back? How many goals will Oshie get? Anything you want, DraftKings pretty much has you covered. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only. DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensed partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to bring him on in. The big man himself, Commander's Insider for Monumental Sports, Mitch Tischler. Mitch, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it as always. Happy to be here. How's everything going down there? Everything, aside from the fact that it's colder than balls, is fine. But we're all dealing with that if we don't live in Florida. So, you know, we just kind of roll with the punches, right? Absolutely. I, I'm a man that loves the cold. I love getting snow every year. So so I'm happy right now. I can't stand it. The older I get, the less the less I even want to have to fool with it. So as far as I'm good, I, I guess that's why old people move down to Florida. I guess that's what I have in my future. <laughs> uh, it's not getting old is not for wimps that's for sure all right hey let's get into it um i was thinking about it watching the press conference yesterday you're there of course uh, as is everybody else and i started thinking you know you have been through i gotta think at least three if not four of these kind of regime changes i know it was different because josh harris didn't say happy thanksgiving but can you just, was there, you know, any kind of a palatable difference in the building yesterday than there was when Snyder interviewed, uh, introduced Ron, when he introduced Jay Gruden, when he introduced, you know, Mike Shanahan and on and on and on? You know, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I would kind of say no. Uh, every time that a new coach or new GM is, is, uh, is, is, uh, is announced uh, by the team and, you know, the folks around the team are very excited and, you know, they roll out the red carpet and they use the big auditorium room with the nice, you know, the nice podium and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it doesn't really around the, around the team, around the organization. I don't know that things feel all that different, but certainly hiring a GM is a palatable difference is a 
massive difference from years past. You know, somebody who's actually going to lead this franchise, actually going to be the head of it. And, you know, obviously has to answer to Josh Harris and ownership as everyone in an organization does, but is able to impart his his vision of uh, what the commanders are going to look like on this team. And, and that that certainly is different. But, you know, even going back as far as, as Jim Zorn, which was the first one that I was around for, Anytime there's new blood in the building, folks get excited. You know, you, you, it's a, there's a buzz around, you know, the people inside the building, the guys who, and guys and women who work for the team are excited about change and things are going to be better. So, you know, the, the introduction of Peters is, you know, just the next chapter of new excitement around the, around the Burgundy and gold. So what do you think is going to be different? with Adam Peters as opposed to regimes in the past, in the past, aside from the fact that now there actually is a GM and when other teams want to do business, they know who to call. Yeah. I mean, certainly that, you know, the, the discussion with, you know, Mayhew and Herney and, and Ron and agents not knowing who to talk to. I mean, that's embarrassing and that's indicative of the franchise that Dan Snyder built, you know, it was kind of a ragtag group that, you know, wasn't particularly organized and certainly wasn't run like a professional organization. So, you know, that in and of itself is a is a big piece of it. But it's also having a clear delineation between head coach and general manager. I mean, inevitably, a head coach and a general manager have different visions. A head coach is trying to win every single football game he can win. And a GM is trying to win every single football game they can win while also with an eye towards the future and what's going to help them improve, you know, year to year to year. And inevitably we saw that with Ron, you know, being whether he was actually the GM in name or not, we know he was in charge of player personnel. And we saw that, that tear between trying to win games right away and trying to build for, you know, long-term future. And ultimately when you have uh, contrasting ideologies, you know, kind of pulling at each other, you end up with, you know, landing somewhere in the middle where, you're not quite uh, you're not quite planning for the future and you're not quite winning football games, you know, in the here and now. And ultimately, that was Ron, Ron Rivera's undoing. So with Adam Peters and whoever he brings in, you know, hopefully they're able to, to get on get on the same page and, you know, kind of uh, be able to, to all be rowing the boat in the same direction. Yeah. Now, and I'm going to let you expand, expound on this um, once I once I put it out there, but. You know, I, I think is it am I I'm on base by saying, you know, what fans ought to ought to be looking for. I don't want to say the dynamic is going to be the same as it was with Jay and and Bruce Allen, because of course Bruce was not a personnel guy, even though he thought he was. But and and you had the whole, you know, we all remember the dynamic, you know, Jay saying, you know, we're gonna coach up the guys that 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 the the front office brings in how is that do we think gonna uh manifest itself differently now that you know it's gonna be two guys you've got a personnel guy in the gm and then a head coach yeah i mean i think ultimately you know bruce allen was a president of football ops and ultimately was a kind of semi-de facto gm you know in that in that role in terms of player evaluation and stuff along those lines. And clearly there's a disconnect between what Jay wanted and what Jay was given. And, you know, the players that were brought in, I, you know, Jay had ultimately essentially zero say in uh, the, in the personnel that came in the building. And so he was stuck kind of coaching the guys that he was given, so to speak. And uh, 
I think when you look at, you know, the new setup, you're looking at a setup that is, that is consistent around the NFL. It's, it's, it's a professional NFL organizational setup and it creates a structure and a, uh, and a means by which, you know, to build, to build off of. And that's not something that the commanders football team Redskins have had for, you know, 20 plus years. And it's, uh, and it's going to be different for, you know, fans to, to, hear you know kind of one part of the group organization the coaching staff talking about you know the here and now and then you know a second voice a different voice talking about you know the future and 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 you know building and building towards that and you know as the important thing with the head coach that adam peters brings in is he's got to find somebody who shares his you know organizational philosophy and is on board with the way that Adam wants to build this organization because at the end of the day, it's not going to be the head coach's job to build this team the way that they want. It's going to be the head coach's job to work with Adam and then coach up the players that, you know, that they agree on. And, you know, you need to have, you know, a coach and GM in lockstep if you're going to, you know, have this plan and this idea and execute it. And, you know, you look no further than, you know, Miami and, you know, uh, San Fran and some of these other places, you know, Miami went out a couple of years ago and said, Hey, we're just okay. We're not great. And we want to be great. And organizationally, they decided they wanted to attack with speed. And the last three plus years have been building up that speed and working with, you know, the coaching staff and best way to implement it. And, you know, you see some of the, some of the new creative things they're doing on offense because they have this organizational philosophy that they were able to execute and they're able to, to, to use, to take it, you know, to, to take them to uh, whatever they had an 11 win season this year. And so, you know, that's the, that's the kind of thing that you want out of Adam Peters and ultimately out of his pick for head coach. So you, if for anybody that watched the press conference, obviously uh, Peters isn't giving away, you know, anything in that. A lot of platitudes, a lot of generalities. Was there anything that he said in any of his answers that stuck out to you that kind of gives you a clue as to where they're going, coaching-wise, personnel-wise, or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of coaching-wise, he talked about, you know, wanting to bring in somebody with leadership and didn't want to get boxed into, a, you know, a particular type of head coach and, to me, I think, you know, you kind of have two different head coaches, types of head coaches out there. You have the guys who are, you know, strong leaders and then, you know, want to hire the right people underneath them. And then you have the guys who are strong strategically in X's and O's and they want to kind of control their side of the ball and bring in somebody to take care of the other side. I think, you know, when you look at commanders, you know, football team, Redskins head coaches over the years, you have the Mike Shanahan types who come in and obviously have a wealth of football knowledge, but were comfortable hiring strong people to work beneath them and, you know, kind of being a overall organizational leader while, you know, having a little bit of a hand in both offense and defense. Or you have a guy like Jay Gruden, who was an offensive coach and wanted to handle the offensive side of the ball and handed off the defensive side to, you know, to, to a veteran guy and didn't particularly have a ton of say or want to have say in what happened on that side of the football. And so I think when you hear Adam talk about leadership, I think to me, that's an important thing because, 
you know, while Ron was a, Ron Rivera was a really good person, you know, a nice guy. Folks loved, you know, folks liked him as a person. He clearly didn't command the football leadership in the football way um, that he needed to. And I think you saw it each and every week when the team came out, you know, lackluster and slow and, you know, uh, not making changes, you know, throughout the game and throughout seasons and stuff like that, that you had a guy who kind of fell a little bit short in the X's and O's and coaching portion of it. And uh, so I, I think that uh, that was kind of the one, one little uh, snippet that he kind of gave away was he, he wants somebody who's going to, who's going to be a leader and is going to kind of set that structure and culture and uh, all those things that have been missing, you know, for a few years here. Yeah. So all that being said, uh, Ben Johnson is obviously the leader in the clubhouse with the chattering class. Do we think he fits that bill enough to uh, get an offer and probably out outbid, you know, Carolina if uh, if the chalk holds on that? I think so. Um, I got to be honest. I don't think Carolina is that much of a threat to, mm. uh, you know, <laughs> to to Ben Johnson unless Carolina is going to come out and offer him, you know, an offer he can't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Thank unless you, they come out and you know, Tepper's like, "Hey, here's thirty mil a year right. to be our head coach." I, I don't think because at the end of the day, these coaches know that these opportunities are fleeting, and you know, we hear all the time about all these people who don't want retreads, don't want retreads. You know, guys get an opportunity, and if they don't, if they don't succeed in that first opportunity, they're considered retread, no matter what the uh, circumstances are. And you know, I look at a guy like Raheem Morris who got a head coaching job when he was 32 years old with an organization that spent the least amount of money in football. And in three seasons, he had one 10 win season, but all folks want to think about are the failures that he had. And now, you know, a dozen, a decade later when he's had that much more experience in Atlanta and, um, and, and LA and other places, folks are, folks are all out on him because he's a retread and he failed once already. So Very Ben true. Johnson's not going to, doesn't want to go to Carolina in a tough situation and fail and then immediately become a retread. At least if I was a head coach, that's what I'd be looking at. So I do believe he's going to be the guy here in DC. Um, I have a friend up there who, uh, who covers the lions and has been up there for, you know, oh my gosh, probably 20 years now, 15, 20 years. And uh, I talked to him last week and, and uh, he was telling me a little bit about, about Ben and kind of the, the, the response that he gets from players, how he gets guys to to play for him, how he's a both a players coach and a hard ass at the same time. And uh, I think when you coach under Dan Quinn, it's, I mean under uh, Dan Campbell, it's probably tough to be not a hard ass in some capacity. <laughs> so uh, I, I I do kind of like the mixture that that he brings. But you know, with any of these first time head coaches that you bring in, you're you're rolling the dice a little bit because there's going to be a lot more on his plate than has ever been before. And, you know, it's how he's going to be able to handle setting the schedule and training camps and, you know, meeting with, uh, you know, front office and GM and analytics folks in terms of game planning and working with the defense and, you know, all the different things that he doesn't have to concentrate on right now, but will next year if he becomes a, a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an art to it. So, uh, all right. Uh, one last question before I let you get out of here, but draft wise, again, Peter's not giving away the store. We all know you have a soft spot in your heart for the guys on the line, both sides of the ball. Where do you, where do you think this team should go? You take one of the top two quarterbacks or you take one of the top two tackles or trade back with the second pick. 
Yeah, to me, it's a no doubter. You take a quarterback. Uh, wow. Um, it's it's not even it's not even really a question and i do love the o-line i do think they need to change you know 80 percent of that o-line i think sam cosby is the only guy that should be back in a starting role but you know generally you don't get an opportunity to pick in the top five very often and you know yes it's been four years since they did last time but uh you know you have an opportunity to pick one of these you know one of the best quarterbacks one of the best athletes out there and and you got to take advantage of it. And the the thing that Adam Peters and Krupp are going to have to do is make sure they hit on it. You know, it's not just taking the guy, but it's taking the right guy. Um, And I think there are, you know, I think there's, there's a number of good O-linemen tackles in this draft. I think you can get one either in that early in that second round or worst case scenario, you might have to trade back up into the first round if you want to go get kind of one of the big three guys, but uh, there's a lot of work they can do in free agency and in the middle and back portions of this draft to uh, to address the O-line. And, you know, you look at Adam Peters' kind of hit rate of, you know, day two guys and mid-round guys, and, and you hope that, you know, he was the catalyst for a lot of those uh, for a lot of those big hits that they had in San Francisco, and he's able to bring that here to D.C. because, uh, you know, the, the mid-round picking under, I guess, the entire draft picking – under Ron Rivera was pretty atrocious. And so uh, kind of anything will be better. And, you know, folks hopefully aren't, will get to see that usually, you know, second, third, fourth round picks don't take three years to get on the field and are able to kind of step in and help out if not right away, pretty quickly. So um, there's a lot of turnover this organization needs, but with that number two pick, there's no question in my mind, you go quarterback. Yeah, and at least the bar is set pretty low because, you know, I mean, I don't want to say Ron was bad at picking players, but when you when you can hot take and say Bruce was a better had had better draft success, was a better personnel guy and you can back it up. Hey, that's you know, that 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 that's pretty bad. And talk about breaking news here, man. I mean, we we buried the lead on this. If the big man is advocating for a quarterback, I think it's pretty much a cinch now. There's no more debate. <laughs> I mean, I, I have I have lots of thoughts of things they can interesting things they should do uh, in this draft and O line is very very important. But um, you know, you look up the road with uh, Bengals, they had an awful O line and went out and got Burrow and mm. Jamar Chase and you know back to back years and that 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 changed the the that offense immediately. And you know, even to me, not to get long winded here, but you look at the 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 playoff weekend, you know, last weekend and the way that those quarterbacks manipulate the pocket and work their way around, you know, Jordan love was getting pressure from a really strong Dallas front. And instead of immediately escaping to the outside and trying to make a throw on the run or, you know, turn it on the field himself, you know, he's shuffling around in the pocket and finds a way to find space and, and make a throw and you can survive an O line. That's not perfect. If you have a, if you have a really good QB and uh, presumably if you're taking one or two, that's that's what it'll be. Mm, good point. Very good point. Uh, before we get out of here, let everybody know how can they how can they find you out there uh, on the in the in the Twitterverse and the online community and all that good stuff. Yeah, and Twitter and Instagram both at Mitch underscore Tischler and listen to the uh, Beltway Football Pod as well. Uh, you can download that anywhere you get uh, your good podcast from. Excellent. I guess JB was our uh, JP uh, got through uh, jury duty okay yesterday. He got through jury duty. That was a uh, that was a rough day. I feel bad for the man. Um, but 
uh, proud that he did his civic duty and uh, didn't let it get in the way of his uh, day job too much. So, somebody said yesterday, too, again, not to go down a rabbit hole, but imagine being a defendant and walking in and seeing JP in your jury in the jury box. I mean, you know, JP is a really, really smart guy, but he's also emotional and and quick-witted <laughs> quick and all that. It, I, that would be a, that'd be a tough, I feel like he might be a little bit of a tough juror for me. Yeah, yeah, for me. Oh, I feel a little more even keel. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you there. Mitch Tischler from Monumental Sports. Mitch, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, bud. The big man always here to spit backs for us. That's going to do it for us. Have a good one. We will talk to you after the home and home with the Blues. Have a great weekend, everybody. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out of your bike tonight, as always, wear white. I'm a man of will and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul.